There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Hi FM, this is the Soul to Soul program on Friday afternoon. Erev Shabbos, Kodesh Parshas told us so nice to be in your company again as we prepare for another beautiful Shabbos, Kodesh Baruch Hashem. As always, we have to thank, give Shevach Voidor and thanks to Akadish Baruch Hu, Shechionu Vikimonu Vigionu Lazman Azelis allowed us to, to carry on, to, to survive. Metz Hashem for another. Shabbos and to be able to to be uh, 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 the Shabbos with happiness, with glee, with joy, with an expectation of a wonderful up up uh, upturn in our in our ruchnius in our relationship with our Kodesh Baruch So this is the monumental parsha of Yaakov and and Esav, and uh, is a beautiful vort from the uh, 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 the. Lablava Rebbe. He asks, we know that Yaakov and Esav, so each one of them wanted to be the first one born, right? That he could be the Bukhar, which at that time was, uh, was everything. I mean, the, the, the Bukharim were like the Kain, and they did the avoiding the Besmiktas. Besides the double portion of Yerusha, they were the heir apparent to everything the father was. So surely they both wanted that privilege. And, at the end, what happened was that Esav came out first, and therefore he really was Zaycha to, to the Bukhara. So if so, why was Yaakov holding on to the heel of Esav? What's that going to help him at all? So he says, this is, this is the way of, of, uh, of, of Tzadikim. That even after a, 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 a Tzadik is kind of comes to the conclusion and, and, and is forced to sort of uh, face the fact that he didn't achieve what <clears throat> what he wanted to to achieve. So he doesn't sort of say to himself, okay, I, I did what I what I had to do. I tried, I wasn't I wasn't uh, successful and he goes on his way and you know, forgets about it. No. That's not the way a tzaddik works. Even after he doesn't necessarily get what he thinks he should have got, he's not he's not able to 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 sort of make peace with that with that situation. And and if if it's something that's ruchnis, if it's something that's correct, if it's something that's that uh, really in in the world of Hakadosh Baruch Hu is something that he should get. So it continues to create like a little storm inside him, and he's not he's not able to to rest. He's not able to to just walk away and 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 forgo it. Yaakov sees Esav coming out first, and and therefore by reality, Esav is zeicher to to the Bukhara, and with all these spiritual benefits that 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 uh, that's attached to it, but. Yaakov can't come to terms with with that. He he such has such a desire, such a yearning for that tremendous, tremendous responsibility and 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 function of being of being the Bukhara, that 
that the killed he, he will virtually do almost anything in order to 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 achieve it. And, and when he couldn't get it, he still it's still an ideal. It's still something he's he's striving for, and he's holding on to Asav's Asav's heel. Right? It's it's such a a, a, a natural. Uh, 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 activity that someone who 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 can't who can't make peace with with the circumstances as as it is he's still trying to trying to uh, it's almost like an instinctive thing I'm, he's trying to sort of stop even in the last moment to hold on to Asaph's heel to stop him from from uh, from going out even though he knows very well that he's not able to 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 change the the reality Asaph was born first he can't really he can't really stop. Asaf from coming out, from coming out first. This, this incredible passion that, that almost burns inside the, 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 the inside of a, of, of a tzaddik. So it's, it's, it, it wasn't futile. It didn't go unanswered. It's true. Asaf did come out first and was Zoycha to the, to the Bukhara, but that was only a temporary situation at the end of the, at the end of the day because of Yaakov's tremendous yearning for, for, for it, for, to, to merit the, the Bukhara. So he did, he did get, he did get that, that, uh, that Bukhara. They tell Amaisa about the great Rabbi Zusha who once came to a, a, a certain city to spend Shabbos in, in, in the city. And, uh, the, this was at a time where, uh, uh, no one knew who Rav Zusha was. And, and certainly they hadn't really heard his fame had not gone before him at that time. And when he walked in, they thought he was stump, a guest who arrived in the, uh, in, in, in the town like any other. Traveler that, uh, you know, he's on a journey and comes Shabbos. So of course you want to spend Shabbos in a, in a, in a Yiddish environment amongst, amongst fellow, uh, uh, uh religionists. And, uh, of course the, the residents of, of the town, uh, 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 with the greatest of, of joy fulfill the mitzvah of, of Achnasus, of Achnasus Archim. And the minig in that city was that after Mayrev, on, on, on Lel Shabbos. So there was a special Gaba who was in charge of organizing that every guest had a place, right? To, 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 uh, to stay. And obviously it, it was, it was a kind of a shidduch. He kind of looked at the guests and, and looked at the Balabatim and see what would be a good match. Who should go, who should go to him and who should be invited to, to whom's house. Now, Rav Zusha, of course, uh, uh, davened a very, very long Shman essay with tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, with in, in Akkadish Baruch. And he was standing in the corner of, of, of the shul and, and no one paid attention to him. So the Gaba finished sort of uh, uh, dividing out all, all the, uh, the guests and they all left the shul to go to their, to their host to enjoy the Shabbos meal. Only then did Rav Zusha finish his his davening? So straight away, as soon as he uh, uh, saw him, so he went to the Gaba and asked him, "Where where shall I go?" So the the Gaba said to him, "I says the Chavis. Now you're coming to be allocated. 
I, I, I didn't even have you in mind when I made the uh, allocation. Now you come to me and ask to be placed. But since the the job of of the gaba is to fulfill the mitzvah and do it do it properly, so he thought and 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 and, and where can I place him? And he said, you know, I'll tell you what. Our our Reisha Kolol, the president of the community, so by him he has he has an open house. There are many 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 guests there. The 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 table is full of never have indigent people there. You can go, but let me tell you one thing. I have a small problem because this Reisha Kolol has one condition that has to be met before you can come to his table. And he is interested that he only wants to host only people who are Tamil Chacham, only people who learn who learn Torah. So I am assuming, says Rav Zusha, I'm assuming that you are that you are a Tamil Chacham. So Rav Zusha said, "No, I'm I'm not a Tamil Chacham. I don't know how to learn." So the Gabbai says, "Well, if so, we have a problem." Because the Russia call is is not going to uh, is not going to uh, accept plain plain people. So the Gaba took a good look at the face of, of Rav Zush and he said, "Are you sure you you what you're saying is true? I, I think that you're speaking only out of out of out of uh, modesty. Surely you are a a, a you know a Torah, yo know, change yo." Know. <laughs> I know what's going on. I know you really are Tamil. So she says, what, what are you talking about? Why, why would I lie? I don't know how to learn. I never in my life have learned uh, properly. So again, he says, so we have, we have a major problem. What am I, I going to do with you? So I'll tell you what. I'll bring you to the house of the Rosh Kail, and you make kiddush there on, on, on the quiet on the side. You eat uh, eat something on the side, and they won't they won't notice you. And then you can you can go. So you bring Zavzusha to the house of the of the Rashkoil, and you organize them some wine, and 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 you just gave them a seat on 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 the side there, and no one would no one would uh, would notice him, and you got him set up to to say to say kiddush. So Rezusha stands up to make Kiddush <laughs> and it was impossible that people weren't going to notice. The, the walls were shaking at the time when this tzaddik is saying, is saying Kiddush over, over, over a course of wine. And he said it loudly and he said it in a, in a booming voice. And everyone looked, who's this? Who's this tzaddik? So he finished the, he finished the Kiddush and the Balboas Gets up out of his seat and comes to meet him, extends a hand and says, uh, Shalom Aleichem. And he says to him, most likely, I can see from your kids that you're, you're a Tamil Chacham. So Zosh says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Amaretz. He says, it can't be. He says, I've never learned, I've never learned Chumash, I've never learned Mishnayis. I'm, I'm literally an empty vessel. So he says, if so, then why are you here? Didn't they tell you the rule that in my house only people who learn Torah are allowed to come? There was silence in the room. Abzusha lowered his eyes 
in silence. So the Balboa says, listen, <laughs> I, I can't believe that, that you never learned any Torah, said, said the Balboa. I'll tell you what, I'll make a suggestion. So even if you're not a Tamachacham, I'll be happy if you tell me one Chiddush. And whatever you go, whatever you say is, is good enough. So he says, I don't know. And, and, and you can't ask me to do something that I'm not able to do. You want to, you want to get the water out of a stone? What, what do you want from me? Please, whatever you say, say something, it'll be good enough. I don't know anything, says Azusha. So surely over the years, you've heard something, you've heard a, a Torah from someone, say it over the name, you heard it. <clears throat> I have nothing. Just leave, leave me alone. So, there's silence in the room. The Balboas again uh, 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 suggested, then, then, then say something, say something from the Chumash at least. Says, but I don't know Chumash. So when the Balboas heard this, he understood that this person actually knows nothing. He says, if so, I don't have a choice. He says, Go, you know, have a happy life, but you can't be in, in my house. At that moment, the Balabosa heard what was going on, and she stood up and said, No, I will never agree to throw someone out of my house. In my house, we don't throw a Jew out. Well, if the Gaba hadn't brought him in the first place, fine. But now that he's here, on my watch, you're, we're not going to throw this person out of the house. She announced quite, quite definitely. So now the Balboas has a real problem. Right? He has a, a, a rule that he doesn't invite anyone who hasn't learned Torah. And his uh, dear Rebbe, and his dear Balboas is, is not going to allow him to throw him out. We've got a stalemate here. So one of the guests goes over to Azusha and says to him, you know, you, you're causing distress here to the, to the, uh, to the Balabas. Don't be such a fool. Say something. Open a chumash and, and, and say a few words and end of story. So, <laughs> what do you want from, from my life? I'm a nebuch. I don't know anything. Not one word. Not a pasuk. Nothing. I know how to daven, and I know how to say Tehillim. So then they said, fine. So say something on Tehillim. Because if you don't say, you're going to ruin the meal for, everybody's going to ruin all evening over here. So Rav Zusha says, you know what? Fine. I'll tell you something on Tehillim. Absolute silence in the room. So he's about to say a Chiddush on Tehillim. Come, come in here. What what this Amoritz is is going to say? Says of Jushas fellows, there's a stira, a contradiction between the Haggadah of Pesach and a pasuk in Tehillim. This was amazing, and no one ever heard before of such a concept of a contradiction between the Haggadah of Pesach. And what it says in Tehillim, how could that be? What's, what's going on here? What's, what's this person going to, going to tell us? So he says as follows. 
It says, in the of Pesach, it says they were all listening. Everyone was listening. Absolutely. It says, in the of Pesach, it says, Zecher Lamikdash Kehillah. Right? We, 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 we recount the practice of Hillel in the time of the Beis HaMikdash. If so, this is a proof, explicit proof, that Hillel was a real tzaddik. So, says the Rav Zusha, I don't know who this Hillel was. I never, never learned anything about him. But, if he wasn't a tzaddik, then he wouldn't be mentioned in the Avada. He was a tzaddik. Now, fine. So that's, that's not a problem. He's a tzaddik. So what's the problem? So one of the guests asked, oh, fine. So he says, I have a, I have a contradiction. Because in Tehillim, Perek Yud, Pasuk Gimel, it says, Ki Hillel, Russia, Al Taivas Nafshai, Uboitseya Beirach Niyatz Hashem. Means the wicked kind of crows about his uncontrolled, his unbridled lusts. The grasping man reviles and scorns HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So it says here Mufurish, Ki Hillel Russia. That Hillel is an absolute Russia. So, I don't understand, says Was he a tzaddik or a Russia? Everyone broke out in, 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 they were rolling with laughter. They've never ever heard such a question, uh, before. And Rosusha went and sat down quite seriously with, with his, with his shayla. The Baal boss laughed louder than anybody else. He never heard such a voice in his life. After he finished laughing, so one of the people asked, knew, maybe the big Talmud Chokham has an answer for his question. So he said, no, no, yeah, no, do you have an answer for your very, very strong question? Asked the guest a bit cynically. So he says, yes, I do. Shh. Everyone gets quiet. Listen. So he says, the Teretz is, Hillel in the Haggadah, he for sure is a Tzadik. And the proof is, because in the same Haggadah, where Hillel's mentioned, it says at the very beginning, whoever wants can come and eat. That Hillel allowed into his house anyone. Not only those who learn Torah, he's a real, he's a real tzaddik. His kavana in everything he did in welcoming his guests was totally l'shem shemayim. But the Hillel in Tehillim, He's a real Russia. Why? Because Gihilel Russia al Taivas Nafshai. What Hillel does in, in the Tilim is for his own personal satisfaction. Whatever he's doing is only for his own honor, for his own gaiva, for his own arrogance. Right? Because this Hillel, if he sees that his guest is not a Tamachokam, so then it doesn't fit with his own honor. And he throws them out of the house. The laughter ended. The Balabais understood that which no one else understood. Because 
no one else knew that he was called by one name, but this Balabas had a second name, which was Hillel. And straight away, he brought the guests fish and meat and all kinds of special things, a proper, a proper meal. The Balabas understood that uh, we're not speaking here about a, a simple, a simple person after benching. He followed him quietly to the Besmerish and he began to cry. Please forgive me for my total disrespect of you. And he apologized. I didn't realize that you're, that you're a holy person. But he says, I have one question, he asked him. How did you know that my name is Hillel? Everyone calls me some other name. Do you have Ruch HaKadosh? So Zusha said, what? Does Zusha have Ruch HaKadosh? Zusha, why Zusha? I, but I, 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 I've done this Savera today. And I've done this Saveret, and he started recounting this long list of errors. How can I have Ruch HaKadosh? And the Balabas realized that the Averis he was recounting, well, the Averis that the Balabas himself had, had, uh, had done. And the Balabas understood that the Ozushu knew exactly what Averis he had done. And he understood that in reality, he definitely had Ruach, Ruach HaKadosh. He said, Rebbe, please, what can I do? I, I need to do, I need to do a, 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 a tikkun. So I need to sort of uh, uh, do tshuva. He says, that's not me. You want a tikkun? You have to go, go to the Magen Mezrich. He'll give you, he'll give you the, the tikkun. So we learn from here that it can very well be that a person does even acts of chesed, he does mitzvahs, but He's doing it to satisfy himself. He's doing it for his own honor, for his own gaiva. And it's not the Shema at all. If we want to be Zaycha, that the Shechina should dwell in our actions, inside a person, if you want the Peninius to be like the Chetzarius, and that was, that was what Esav was missing. He was great outside. He was Zaycha to go into Gan Eden on the outside. His clothes smelled like Gan Eden. But, we have to make sure that what we're doing is really for the purpose of helping other people, the shame Shemayim. Because yes, even though it's an obligation to keep mitzvahs, even Shaloy Lishma, because we have a rule that from Shaloy Lishma comes Lishma, but in order to get the Shechina in our midst, that requires that something else. We need to do something only the shame Shemayim. This is 11.9 Chayef and the program is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is the greatest radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chayef FM. We're back on your radio here in Johannesburg on Erev Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Toldos as we always do at this juncture, just to give you the very important information that you might want for this coming coming Shabbos. So as I said, the Shabbos is Pasha's told us. So the actual latest time for lighting candles is 6.21. However, standard Johannesburg time for accepting Shabbos is quarter, quarter past six. And, and surely one should try to 
achieve that, of course, you got a lot of time before that. If you want to get it, get it early, probably about an hour before that, one is more than uh, able to put the candles on, start one Shabbos, and and get in, get into the spirit, get into the mood of of uh, of, of Shabbos. It's so important in the, in the crazy, hectic lives that we that we live that we have this Shabbos and. and time to sort of mellow down and really and really appreciate and uh, get into the correct state of mind of uh, of, uh, of of Shabbos. Uh, so therefore, uh, Shkia is at 6.39 that's 21 minutes before, sev- uh, before 7 so if you want to be able to Davin Mayav and not uh, have to repeat uh, again, you'd have to wait till about 3 minutes before seven, that's that's certainly night, and then you can you can daven you can daven uh, Tomorrow says Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Toldes, and the normal Haftarah for for that Shabbos, which is Masa Devar Devar Hashem. Uh, Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at seven thirteen thirteen minutes past uh, seven. Which, uh, yeah, it's really getting, you know, late Shabbos days is a, is a nice long day. Lots of times you do lots and lots of profitable and, and worthwhile, uh, things as, as we proceed through, 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 through the Shabbos. So we are at the moment learning the laws of Cholamoid. So we've spoken a lot about the, the Malachas, uh, the activities that are forbidden. And permitted on, on, uh, on, on Cholamayid. So now let's talk about what's, in what situations can people do work on, on Cholamayid. We spoke about there are five different categories of, of malacha that are permitted on, on, uh, on Cholamayid. So let's today maybe discuss one of them. And one of those categories is someone who unfortunately is in such a financial bind that he doesn't have what to eat for for Yom Tov. So he literally, uh, if he doesn't work, he's not going to be able to buy even the bare necessities that he needs for his Yom Tov meals. So such a person is allowed to work on on Chalamayid. Why? Because as we said, the whole purpose uh, uh, for which Chazal forbade doing work on Chalamayid was to remove from us any preoccupation, any any bother, any involvement in, in this mundane world for the sole purpose that we should be unencumbered and we should be free to really get into the simcha of the Yantav because simcha uh, applies for all the days of Yantav, even on Chalmoyed as we've, as we've uh, uh, said. And the way we experience that is, yes, by having better meals on on Chalmayid and by sitting and and uh, spending serious time learning learning Torah. Someone who doesn't even have uh, uh, enough for himself, or certainly if he has a family, for his family uh, uh, to eat, he is very, very preoccupied, very worried, very anxious, very dejected about his desperate plight and, and situation, and certainly is not in any frame of mind 
to rejoice and, and, and get into any kind of a, a happy space over 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 Yontif. Therefore, he is allowed to work on Khanamoid in order to be able to in order to be able to purchase the things that he needs, the basic food staples for his family on uh, on on Yontif. And that of course includes all the things one needs. It would include bread, it would include Meat would include wine because those are all obligations on 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 Yontif. But for other sort of luxuries, meat, wine, and bread are considered necessities on Yontif. For other luxuries, which you know extras for for the meal, there he would not be allowed to work for 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 that. And obviously, uh, we've already spoken that it is it is a community obligation. To ensure that uh, people have what they need uh, as a yontif, as a yontif uh, uh, approaches, um, one would be allowed. Uh, let's say one is a, an employer, one owns a, a business. One would be allowed to give work to someone who doesn't have the means to provide himself, doesn't have uh, any food at all. Uh, for example, you'd be allowed, let's say, a uh, a uh, um, someone who, let's say, who owns a I don't know a sewing factory would be allowed to uh, 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 hire or give work to a a worker who doesn't have what what to eat, and and even if it means uh, uh, doing sewing on on uh, on chalamoid. Now, uh, it's true that the Owner of the business will gain will gain a profit from the work that this person is uh, is doing. But so long as his main intention uh, is to allow this person to work, so that he can honestly earn his way and and, and get some money to to be able to buy things for, for Yontif, and that really is is why he's doing it. And if it wasn't for that, he wouldn't even given him the job. So then that is permitted. On uh, on on Chalmite. Uh Similarly, it uh, if there's a, a a need for it, one would be allowed to uh, do even financial or business uh, transactions, so that one could through that supply work for someone who doesn't have who doesn't have what uh, what what to eat. Um, if someone doesn't have what to eat, but there's a possibility that he could be given tzedakah, the community could uh, give him funds in order to buy food for Yontem. So still, he is still allowed to work on Yontem, even though there's a possibility that he could get money without having to work because it is a definite advantage for a person who, who can stand on his own two feet and be able to earn and pay his own way without needing to to uh, to rely on on uh, on stock, and we're not going to force him on any level to sell his furniture or his or his uh, household items, so that he shouldn't have to he shouldn't have to work. But since he doesn't have money to buy food, the basic food for his family, he's allowed to walk, to work in order to achieve what he what he uh, needs to to achieve on on uh, on on Yomtu. Okay, we'll be back in a moment. We're going to go to the shops and take a message or two. This is 11.9 High FM. The program is Soul to Soul, and I am Rabbi Moshe Shner. Please 
Don't run away. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, we're back on your radio here in Johannesburg. Thank you for joining us. We have our one little segment left. We're talking about the laws of who is allowed to work on, on Chalmoid. So we're just finishing up discussing a, a person who doesn't have the means to provide for himself. He doesn't have any financial base. So we said he's allowed to work on on uh, on Chalmoid. But obviously just to add that someone who is able to buy basic needs for the meals of of uh, of Yantuf, and either he could do it using a credit card or a credit line that the 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 bank would uh, advance him, or he could easily get a loan. So then he it would be also for him to work on Chalamoy, and only if he is uh, very very uh, adamant that he never wants to take. Loans, he doesn't want to be in a situation where he owes uh, someone else money, which there are people like that who are scrupulous about not wanting to be in a situation where they owe someone money and he doesn't want to be uh, in overdraft in the in, in the bank. So then that would still be a permission. He would be allowed to work on uh, on, on Chalmait. Another one of the, the basic categories where work is permitted on on Chalamayid is what we call a Dabar HaOved, a situation where if you don't do it, it's going to call, cause a a uh, a loss. And again, it's almost self-understood that the prohibition of working on Chalamayid so is going to cause a loss of income. If a person doesn't work, he's not going to get paid every day that a person uh, doesn't go to work, certainly if he's being paid by by the day, so he loses the the uh, the, the salary for that for that day. He's not going to get paid. So that uh, that in halacha is not called a loss. That's called what what the halacha term is minias revach. It's withholding profit. No one says money you could get if you work that you're not going to get. There's there's no money going to be put in your pocket because of the fact since you're not since you're not working, therefore, any people who are employees or independent uh, uh, workers, so unless they're in businesses where where they need to be working, they would need to take off on on chalamayit. So that, as we said, there should be free and unencumbered to really enjoy Yom Tov and spend time with the family and spend serious time studying studying Torah. And even uh, someone who has a great job and is making, I don't know, a, a thousand uh, a, a, a rand uh, every every day or more than that even, and and uh, they they offer him that if he works on on Chalmoid, they're going to pay him double because they really need him. He would need to take. He would need to take off because the mitzvah of 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 resting, of, of taking off, of of being at home on on Chalmoid uh, is is relevant to wealthy people. It's it's relevant to poor people in the same in the same way, and the same thing. Uh, I don't know. Someone a professional, a, a carpenter 
where someone comes to him and, and desperately says, I need, I need some kind of a cupboard made on, on Cholmoid, and I'll pay you double for it. He has to say, sorry, I'll, I'll do it for you next week. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it today because that's not called a loss of, of money, which he has. It's, he, he's not getting more money. He's not getting profit, but that's very different than an actual loss of money. Uh, it's just, uh, 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 withholding, withholding profit. But where a person is actually liable to lose money, he's going to have to take money out of his pocket if he doesn't work, or he's going to lose, uh, 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 possessions, which already he has in his, in his, in his possession. So then that is then a heter. That is then an allowance to do work on a chalmoid in order to save yourself from a loss of, of money, because again, the the purpose of prohibiting uh, a malacha was that we should be free of any of any worries and be able to rejoice and and uh, and learn and Torah. But a person that's worried about the potential loss of money or loss of 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 property, he's not going to be able to to rejoice, and he's not going to be able to learn properly. His mind is, is not going to be clear, and therefore. We allow him to 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 learn to learn to to work on on Khamway. That is about the end of our tether, the end of our show for today. Just take the opportunity to thank everyone for taking the time to open their ears and and listen to what we have to say. We learned about doing mitzvahs the shame shemaim. If you want to get the real reward for mitzvahs, we have to do them not for our own gain, but for the purpose of of furthering God's name in the world, and we've learned a little bit about some of the laws of Cholmoy. Hope you enjoyed it. In the meantime, have a wonderful, wonderful, inspiring Shabbos. Hope it's not going to be too hot, and please, God, we look forward to joining you again next week. In the meantime, to our entire radio family, a Shabbat Shabbat.